This podcast is presented to you by Pastors Tom and Bonnie DeShal from Celebration Church in Harare, Zimbabwe. For more information, please visit celebrationmen.org. Rugare. Do you know what that means? Some, who knows what rugare means? I was told some people wouldn't know. Well, I didn't know. Shalom. The Lord bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you. Hallelujah. Do you know that there is so much chaos, darkness, wickedness, upheaval, and confusion in the world? But the Bible says we must not be ignorant of the devil's devices, and we must know the signs of the times. How many of you know we are living in the end times? Many of you have asked me questions on various topics of concern. And uh, what I want you to know is we are building a research team to find the truth about many things. You know, we've been lied about many things. We've been lied to. So we're looking to build a research team. And I have some people that have come forward. And then many of you have texted and said, what about this? What about that? What about the other thing? You want to know. So if you want to be a part of a research team, or you actually want to know more about specific subjects, which I won't name them all here, but say the areas of media, medical, music, health, religion, science, all these things. Um, yeah, I'd love, to tell, I'd, love, I'd love to have a whole sermon on this today, but don't get me started. Look at the screen and take this number down and call it if you want to know more about. Pastor Bonnie, you said, you've talked about this. We want to know more about why. You know, I was at the youth service last week and the uh, kids, I showed them a video of some songs they listened to and they didn't know. They said, oh man, we had no idea it was like this. We just liked this, the feel of it. Yeah, it had a good feel, but it's of the devil. So if you have any questions about anything, take this number and then let us know. Give us your name, WhatsApp it, don't phone, <laughs> WhatsApp and give us your name and your email or whatever and say, I'd like to know more about X or I'd like to help you guys research on a specific subject. Just grab your neighbor by a hand and give him a big hug and say, you're in for a real treat today. <laughs> I'd like you to turn with me in your real Bibles. Who has a real Bible today? Turn with me in your real Bibles to Jeremiah 6.18. Jeremiah 6.18. It's in the Old Testament, guys. Um. <laughs> Some of you don't know yet. That's okay. Jeremiah 6.18. Thus says the Lord, Stand by the way and see and ask for the ancient paths, where the good way is, and walk in it, and you will find rest for your souls. But they said, We will not walk in it. Again, Stand by the way and see and ask for the ancient paths where the good way is and walk in it and you will find rest for your souls. But they said, we will not walk in it. 
The ancient paths refer to God's ways. He established from the beginning. And as you see here, the people said, we're not going to do it. We will not walk in it. They decided to follow Satan's worldly carnal customs and traditions. How many of you say, but if I was living with the children of Israel back then, I wouldn't have said that. Oh, I have a group of honest people here today. As it was then, so it is today. When confronted with God's ancient paths, people still say, we won't walk in it, we don't want to, because it's not relevant. Much of what I will should be sharing today is considered an ancient path, and I have been inspired by a book called The Forgotten Blessing by Aaron Fru. And uh, we will be talking about forgotten blessing. But the forgotten blessing today will be remembered. Tell your neighbor, the forgotten blessing will be remembered. So turn with me to Genesis 27, 30 through 34. We're gonna, we're gonna be in Genesis a lot, but I really want you to see it with your own eyeballs. I want you to take a pen and I want you to highlight things because you will remember more. As a trained educator and teacher, we were taught to educate with the eyes and the hands and the, uh, and the hearing so that you would retain everything that you have been given. And it takes seven times, I think, to hear something. So it came about, Genesis 27, verse 30. It came about as soon as Isaac had finished blessing Jacob. And Jacob had hardly gone out from the presence of Isaac, his father, that Esau, his brother, came in from his hunting. Then he also made savory food and brought it to his father. And he said to his father, let my father arise and eat of his son's game, that you may bless me. Isaac, his father, said to him, who are you? And he said, I, I am your son, your firstborn. Esau. Then Isaac trembled violently and said, who was he then that humbled, that, 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 that hunted game and brought it to me? And I ate of it before you came and I blessed him. Yes, and he shall be blessed. When Esau heard the words of his father, he cried out with an exceedingly great and bitter cry and said to his father, bless me, even me also, oh my father, bless me. Bless me too. Bless me too. He was devastated. I want you to see this in the form of real life. Father, I'm here. Is it Jacob or Esau? Your firstborn, and I've done as you wished. I've brought you the food. Come closer, closer, my son, so that I may touch you. can give me your blessing. The arm 
is the arm of Esau. But the voice is the voice of Jacob. Are you truly my son Esau? Sit up and eat. Then you can give me your blessing. Why are you feeding me again? I've blessed you already. Who was it who brought food to me? Jacob. Damn him! First he takes my birthright. Now he steals my blessing. Isa, my son, what have I done? Have you no blessing left for me? I've given him everything. I've made him your master. But you must bless me instead. But I blessed him. And he must remain blessed. God show me blessed, Jacob. He allowed it to happen. I, I cannot change that. Then bless me too. Bless me too. You shall enjoy the riches of the earth and the dew of heaven. But you will live by the sword. You deceive me once too often. I'll have your heart before sunrise. Did you get the picture? Now I want to welcome everyone who's, who is uh, observing online. Because we are here now and we've begun the message of the forgotten blessing. But today it will be remembered. The forgotten blessing remembered. 
you will remember and we will begin a new way of thinking, of living, and I believe of doing things God's way. So we see here, Jacob and Esau were both after their father's verbal blessing. Jacob was deceitful in his attainment of it, but when Esau realized he'd missed the father's blessing, he was desperate and he pursued it anyway. So they understood the reality of God's blessing. God ordained the blessing of the Father to be irrevocable, irreplaceable. It didn't change once given. So we were all created to prosper by being blessed. The blessing is most evident in the Father's blessing. People who lack a Father's blessing often feel worthless, abandoned, and rejected. The cry of every person in this generation, young or old, is, bless me, me too, even me, me also, me, 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 me. I, 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 I. That's why it's so easy to get everybody taking selfies, iPhones, iPads, iMacs, I, 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 me, 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 me. Why? Because they don't have the Father's blessing. Many generational wounds, inner bruises, and emotional pains are caused by verbal abuse and a curse, cursing tongue. However, we can see through the scriptures that God has ordained the verbal blessing to destroy the curse of sin. The verbal blessing to destroy the curse of sin. It is evident that our words matter. Proverbs 18.21 Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Everybody just be aware of your tongue right now. Look at your neighbor, they have a tongue. Have you noticed how many people in their selfies want to stick their tongue out? What? Why? Who wants to see your tongue? <laughs> Every person who has been verbally belittled, shamed, or abused carries inside a feeling of being different. It is also true that most people who exclude exude stability and confidence, had parents or caregivers who consistently spoke words of blessing into their lives. You really can tell the difference between someone who has been blessed by a father their whole life and someone who hasn't. Most of us haven't. So we must return to the ancient paths of God's verbal blessing. There exists today, though, a perversion of God's blessing. It's either withheld or it's perverted. Today, many parents don't bless their children, let alone instruct or correct them or discipline them. They flatter or compliment things that the child has no control over. For example, you have such beautiful eyes. You're so pretty. You're the most talented. You've got a shape on you, baby girl. You can sing so well, you're going to be a star. This is carnal, fleshly, worldly flatter rather than God's ordained spiritual blessing. The level of emotional stability that we enjoyed in adulthood is directly linked to the amount of verbal blessing we received in childhood. The reverse is also true. Again, our words matter. 
I've shown this next clip before uh, in a previous message, but uh, some of you might have seen it. But repetition is the mother of skill and retention. So watch this. Dr. Emoto has conducted another interesting experiment. He placed rice into three glass beakers and covered it with water. And then every day for a month, he said, thank you to one beaker. You're an idiot to the second. And the third one, he completely ignored. After one month, the rice that had been thanked began to ferment, giving off a strong, pleasant aroma. The rice in the second beaker turned black. And the rice that was ignored began to rot. Dr. Emoto thinks that this experiment provides an important lesson especially with regard to how we treat children. We should take care of them, give them attention, and converse with them. Indifference does the greatest harm. So when you ignore your kids and stick them in front of a TV, the TV babysits. There was one class we have had in the school and at, at uh, recess or at break time. The whole class just goes crazy, runs around, just jumping off the walls like, you know, they're all ADD. There's one kid who goes over to the library, and I think this is grade, a lower grade, and just wants to pick up a book and read. And so one day the, the teacher asked the parents, how come your kid just wants to read and, and is very happy to talk? Because we don't have a television, they never watch TV, and when they come home, we sit and we talk. We converse. So if that's the outcome of the rice and blessing, how much more would it be for us? And you know, we're 70% water. So let's look at the definition of the word blessing. The Hebrew word for blessing is barak. Now that's one of the Hebrew words we use for praise, which means to kneel, because in this, it mean, barak actually means to praise, confer blessing and to bend the knee. Translated as blessing. Historically, the recipient of blessing would kneel down when the blessing was pronounced over him by another. The Greek word for blessing is eulogio. You means good, and logos means word. Thus in Greek, the word blessing means to speak a good word over. From, eulogia, from eulogia comes the word eulogy. How many of you ever heard of eulogy? A eulogy is, is, is spoken <coughs> at a funeral there's usually a eulogy for a deceased person which is a remembrance of the good that they have done in their life 
It would be honoring and respectful way of giving a last tribute. Instead of remembering the flaws and all the <laughs> nasty things they did in their life, they, uh, a eulogy is good words spoken, and it is a blessing. But wouldn't it be better, even logical, to eulogize someone when he's alive? Wouldn't it be better to eulogize someone while they're still breathing? The culture in our history is to honor and bless people when they die. Hirozeka. How much better would it be if we celebrated and honored and eulogized them while they yet live? Hence, we emphasize in our celebration church to celebrate one another even today and to make the most of our opportunities to celebrate. Now, regarding the verbal blessing, our example is our father Yahweh and his son Yeshua. We see an example of Yeshua being blessed verbally at birth. We also see examples of him, do your own research. We all, I thought you were going to wonder when I was going to ring that, right? We also see examples of him blessing others during his ministry, especially blessing children. So to get an understanding of this, let's just quickly turn to Mark chapter 10. I want you to see this. Get ready to circle and underline and highlight some points, which I will bring out later. Mark 10, Matthew, Mark. <laughs> Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. 10. Some of you are really getting good at looking at real Bibles. I'm so proud of you. And I love the sound of turning pages. And they were bringing children to him, Matthew, or sorry, Mark 10, 13. Now look at this. They were bringing children to him. It was their parents bringing children to him so that he might touch them. But the disciples rebuked them. But when Jesus saw this, he was indignant. Can you imagine? Jesus was indignant because they kept the children away from him. And he said to them, permit the children to come to me and do not hinder them. For the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child will not enter it at all. And he took them in his what? He took them in his what? Arms. And he began what? Blessing them. And laying his hands on them. So just remember, they took him, he took them in his arms. He began blessing them. That would have been speaking verbal blessings. And he laid his hands on them. It wasn't just an example of you need to be like a child. No, he knew how to convey the Father's blessing for generations to come. It sticks from generation to generation. And the devil knows this. That is why in the secret societies and the satanic uh, churches and Luciferian worship, they have to curse the next generation or the next generation. And that's why a family who serves God sometimes, one of their children can suddenly go off the deep end because they've been cursed previously. And the curse needs to be broken. But they don't know that because it was done two generations ago. It's real. 
So Jesus walked the ancient paths of the forgotten, now remembered blessing. So Pastor Tom and I, we've often spoken about this and we wish we would have known these principles when we first got married and, and saw things the way God sees them. But today is a new day for you. Today is a new day for you. I want everybody to stand up. And I want you to sit down. Some people who are sleeping need to hear this message. <laughs> Jesus also blessed his disciples after his death and resurrection. And we see a beautiful example of his blessing at his ascension. In Luke 24, 50 through 51. And he, lay, and he led them out as far as Bethany. And he lifted up his hands and blessed them while he was blessing them. He parted from them and was carried up into heaven. His last thing was verbal blessing over his people, which remains in the atmosphere to this day. There are some countless blessings, benefits of blessing. We see many examples of verbal blessing done by Yeshua. It's not just an Old Testament practice. So let's look at a few examples. And I want to look at the country of Austria. It's one of the most prosperous nations on the earth. They, the Austrian people, greet one another by saying, Grüß Gott. Which means to bless God or may God bless you. They have one of the lowest crime rates in the world. Their unemployment race, rate has decreased from 8.6 in 2013 to 5.3 in 2017, their unemployment is 5.3 today. To give you <laughs> a perspective here, Zimbabwe unemployment is uh, a little bit higher than that. I think we're just kind of cruising at 95%, 97%. Do I hear 98? 99. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, but like the rice experiment, there is a constant blessing in Austria being spoken over the people to each other as they greet. Hundreds and thousands of times a day. Bless God. May God bless you. Bless God. May God bless you. Bless God. May God bless you. And what do we say? Ah. I'm tired. <laughs> What do we say? We certainly don't say, bless God, just how are you, or whatever, makadi, or manguanani, or maiwejangu. <clears throat> so we see this. In Austria, this, the people are so blessed and prosperous, and most of them don't even serve the Lord. It's a pretty um, agnostic, atheist country, to my knowledge, or, Yeah? And yet they're prosperous because they bless God all day long. Duh. We see the benefit of this being highlighted in the scripture. Genesis twenty-two seventeen. In blessing I will bless you. And in multiplying I will multiply you. Your descendants as the stars of heaven. In blessing I will bless you. In blessing I will bless you. 
In blessing, I will bless you. Tell your neighbor, in blessing, I will bless you. So let's look at another nation. God's commanded blessing, once spoken, is irreversible and irrevocable. Let's look at this nation of Israel. There is much debate over the standing nation of Israel and elements of Jewish history and heritage. We see wars, conflicts, peace talks over and over, and yet in the midst of all this, the Jewish people have excelled throughout history in fields of medicine, technology, literature, science, arts, and more. But why is Israel so blessed, protected, and prosperous? Some of them are real skabangas, you know? Lovely people. I mean, it's a real mixture. I want you to watch this. Yet I couldn't escape the possibility that this assignment might help me explain how my people managed to survive 2,000 years of exile and then build a nation out of almost nothing. If there are miracles, Israel itself has to be one. Born out of the ashes of the Holocaust, it was just one day old when it was attacked by 12 armies that the world fully expected would annihilate it. There was one tank and five cannon with which to fight back an armada against them. And yet, Israel won. How? Every time Israel has been attacked, Pentagon and Kremlin leaders have declared defeat as inevitable. The military experts at West Point won't study Israel's wars because their outcomes are too impossible. But the anomalies don't stop on the battlefield. How did Hebrew become the only dead language in history to be revived after 2,000 years? Why would millions of people from around the world leave their homes and move to a desert wasteland to build new lives for themselves? How do these people manage to turn a land more than 80% desert into one of the largest food and flour exporters in the world? Why have incredible achievements in science, medicine, and new technologies happened here in greater concentration than anywhere else? There are no logical answers. Some say these things can only be explained as miracles. Not only do the Jews survive, they thrived. How do they do it? How do they practice kosher laws and keep their religious heritage? The answer is that for thousands of years, the Jewish people have practiced the principle of Lador Vador. It is and forever will be a major foundation stone of Jewish family life. Without the principle of Lador Vador, a family would lose its faith in one generation. These two Hebrew words simply mean from generation to generation. Can you say with me, Lador Vador? Say it again. Say it again. Say it again. From one generation or from generation to generation? From generation to generation. So these two Hebrew words simply mean from generation to generation. It is a biblical concept and you can find them joined together in the scriptures all the time from generation to generation. And then you see also the time when it's used by itself, but it's also always in the context of teaching the next generation. Dr. Bruce Wilkinson 
describes three kinds of generations. I need three volunteers, please. Three volunteers. Three, three, three volunteers, yeah. Are you three? Okay. So I want you to stand one on the top, one in the middle, and one on the bottom. Like in a, where's your shoes? Here, you come over here. Come here. <laughs> He's my boy. Listen, moms can ask where your shoes are. Okay, the first generation in a generation is a generation of commitment. Everybody say commitment. These individuals have had a first-hand revelation of the works and wonders of God. They've accepted the call of discipleship and have genuine faith in Christ. Yeah. Then the second generation is a generation of compromise because they're living in a second-hand revelation of God's works and they're divided between serving Christ and their own interests. Then the third generation, with the shoes off, is a generation in conflict. These people in this generation are the grandchildren of the believers who had the major encounter with Christ. These people live in a generation of conflict because they do not know what to believe. They have been mentored and raised by the generation of compromise and have never been discipled in the way of Christ. According to Wilkinson, a very small percentage of people in the third generation will actually serve the Lord and put their faith in Christ. I came across also a commentary that said, uh, there is a long forgotten secret hidden in the Bible that we don't use anymore. That is the verbal blessing spoken to and over our dear loved ones and our positions, and our positions, and our positions. You speak to a plant, uh, Nolene Peach, right? A plant, a plant, a tree. It grows better than when you don't. You play classical music to um, anything that grows and it will flourish, but you play heavy metal demonic music and it will die. What's going in your ears? So he said, this verbal blessing, we look today at the world's trends and it seems like cursing and swearing are the in things and the cool things to do. However, people are deceived and don't realize the power of the spoken word. And when they curse, there's a spiritual realm of power at work. And that power will also translate into the physical realm. When Jesus cursed the fig tree, it died. I'm not going to turn there. Do your own research. See what causes life and see what causes death. And you see here, I had a great encounter with a man of God who we, I saw and I served, who was very powerful very anointed, very convicted, very convincing and had incredible experiences, healed nearly from death and uh, destruction and God did miracles in his life. 
his son was not was quite rebellious and didn't quite serve. One of, in fact, one of them committed. One of his sons committed suicide. And this this son, we were all amazed because he didn't really want to follow in his father's footsteps, but begrudgingly did so. And then the grandson uh, became a very much an advocate for gay rights. Now, meeting him, you would never believe that. But I can see now, knowing what I know, that the verbal blessing was not a continuation passed down. It was assumed we would take it. Because it, you don't catch it by osmosis. Like Pastor Thomas often says, you don't, God doesn't have grandchildren. And we didn't, he wasn't nurtured in the admission of the Lord, just drug along. And I mean, I think we've done that too sometimes with our kids. Because you just think by being there, you're going to do it, but you have to sit them down. Anyway, I'll get, don't, get, don't make me get ahead of myself. This guy then is in conflict the whole time. He knows he had a great a grandfather like this, but he's totally surrounded by what the world says. That speaks way louder than anything he ever heard from here or here. Which generation are you? There is hope for us all. If we return to the ancient paths, if we return to the ancient paths, thank you, generations. Now let's look at a very specific illustration of the principle of spoken blessing. It's in the example of, of uh, Ephraim and Manasseh. And I want to study this pattern because it comes from God called himself. You know, God is a God of generations. How many of you know that? God is a God of generations. He called himself the God of what? Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Say that again. He called himself God of Abraham. Because he believed in generations. He didn't see the difference. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And I want you to remember this because Joseph here, was the second to the last born of Jacob's sons. And we saw that it should have been Abraham, Isaac, and Esau. But due to the blessing transference, it became Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The firstborn should have the blessing. But it was Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Jacob had Joseph, and Joseph had Ephraim and Manasseh as his first two, like Jacob and Esau. So J Joseph... If you remember, he was the second to the last born of Jacob's son, and he was J Jacob's favorite. He was mistreated by his brothers, his jealous brothers, because of his father's favor. He was abandoned by his brothers, sold into slavery, wrongly accused, left for dead, sentenced to jail, and forgotten in prison. All of this was before he made, was made a leader in Egypt. Now, how many of you had all those things happen to you? And you think you have a bad... So you may all know the story, the years of pain and suffering. Joseph eventually prospered in wealth and influence. Look at uh, Genesis 41, 52 up here. I would just look at the screen. Joseph named his firstborn what? Manasseh. For he said, God has made me forget. Say forget. All my trouble and all my father's household. And he named a second Ephraim. For he said, God is, say Ephraim. 
for he's made me fruitful in the land of my affliction. He went from forget to fruitful. So Joseph named his sons according to his life experience. Manasseh means to turn away and forget. Ephraim means fruitfulness. Keep those things in mind. Say Manasseh means to forget. Ephraim means fruitfulness. Now I want, we're going we're gonna to read a long passage of scripture. Pastor Tommy's going to come and read. But turn in your Bible to Genesis 48. And we're going to read this story together. And you need to not be thinking about your cell phone, your iPad, your iMacs, your lunch. <laughs> Concentrate on this story. Y'all there yet? Raise your hand if you're there. Now we're reading out of New American Standard, which is one of the best in translation. Just remember that. And we're trying to get more in the bookstore. But until we do, read what you got. All right, Genesis 48. Now it came about after these things that Joseph was told. Behold, your father is sick. So he took two sons, Manasseh and Ephraim, with him. When it was told to Jacob, Behold, your son Joseph has come to you. Israel collected his strength and sat up in the bed. Then Jacob said to Joseph, God Almighty appeared to me at Luz in the land of Canaan and blessed me. And he said to me, Behold, I will make your fruitfulness, I will make you fruitful and numerous, and I will make you a company of peoples. And I will give you this land to your descendants for you to have an everlasting possession. Now your two sons who were born to you in the land of Egypt before I came to you in Egypt are mine. Ephraim and Manasseh shall be mine, as Reuben and Sibia are. But your offspring that have been born after shall be yours. They shall be called by the names of their brothers in their inheritance. Now as for me, when I came from Padan, Rachel died. And to my sorrow in the land of Canaan on the journey, when there was still some distance to go with Ephrath, I buried her there on the way to Ephrath, that is Bethlehem. When Israel saw Joseph's sons, he said, Who are these? Joseph said to his father, they are my sons whom God has given me here. So they said, bring them to me, please, that I may bless them. Now the eyes of Israel were so dim from that age he could not see. So Joseph brought them close to him and he kissed them and embraced them. Israel said to Joseph, I never expected to see your face and behold, God has let me see your children as well. Then Joseph took them from his knees and bowed with his face to the ground. Joseph took them both, Ephraim with his right hand and Israel with his left and Manasseh with his left hand towards Israel's right, brought them close to him. But Israel stretched out his right hand and laid it on the head of Ephraim, who was the younger, and his left hand on Manasseh's head, crossing his hands, although Manasseh was the firstborn. He blessed Joseph and said, the God before whom my fathers Abraham and Isaac walked, the God who has been my shepherd, all the days of my life, the angel who has redeemed me from evil, bless the lads and may their name live on in them. And may the names of, of my fathers, Abraham and Isaac, and may they grow into a multitude into the midst of the earth. When Joseph saw that his father laid hand, his hand, his right hand on Ephraim's head, it displeased him. And he grasped his father's hand to remove it from Ephraim's head to Manasseh's head. Joseph said to his father, not so, my father, 
For this one is the firstborn. Please place your right hand on his head. But his father refused and said, I know my son, I know. He will also become a people and he will also be great. However, this younger brother shall be greater than he and his descendants shall become a multitude of nations. He blessed them that day saying, by you Israel will pronounce blessing, saying may God make you like Ephraim and Manasseh. Thus he put Ephraim before Manasseh. Okay, so keep your Bibles open to this chapter because we're going to, in the end here, we're going to, to just highlight a few of the scriptures because I don't want you to forget this. You see, it was ingrained in their very souls. Do you know that Moses, uh, Pharaoh asked Moses to bless him because he knew that was their culture. Blessing. They were used to specific blessing. Bless me, bless me. They knew what it meant. We don't know what that means, and we don't freely give of our blessing. So I want you to, to, to just keep your Bibles open there, get your pens ready, because we're going to circle some things here. When Jacob was coming to the end of his life, Joseph brought his first two sons to his father. That was the culture. That was what God ordained. We know it was customary for the firstborn son to receive the right hand of blessing. But in blessing the boys... Jacob did an interesting thing, and he crossed one arm over the other and put his right hand on the head of the youngest, Ephraim, which means God made me fruitful. So he put the right hand on the fruitful head and the left hand on the forgot my problems head. So it's very symbolic. So we have a picture here of the crossing. He shouldn't have done that. But here's why. It was symbolic of a pattern and principle that goes beyond what we even understand. There are many layers in this thing. The grandfather, Jacob, himself was the younger brother. And he switched birthrights with Esau. Remember, we just saw that. He switched. In crossing his hands... Jacob just crossed his hands. He redeemed his own deceptive attaining of the firstborn's blessing. Secondly, he was redeeming the life of his son from all the things his son had been through. In setting Ephraim over Manasseh, Jacob was saying that Joseph's future fruitfulness would outweigh the pain he had endured. So he redeemed himself. He redeemed his son. And then thirdly, the divine preference that God showed to Jacob over his elder brother Esau and to Ephraim over the older brother Manasseh was a foreshadow of the preference he would show us over Jesus Christ, Yeshua HaMashiach, our elder brother. Jesus is known as the elder brother, the oldest brother, the oldest son. And it was symbolic of this. It's as if God crossed his hands and placed his right hand of blessing on our head and his left hand on Jesus' head. We received the double portion blessing and Jesus received the curse for our sin. Just like Ephraim and Manasseh, God... Just like Ephraim and Manasseh, God, by crossing his hands, 
on the cross was saying that our God, our, our fruitfulness would outweigh all the pain that we endured in our past. So by crossing of the hands being symbolic, he took the place of fallen man and we received his legitimate place of blessing. This is seen in Galatians 3, 13 through 14. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, the curse is everyone who hangs on a tree. In order that Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles so that we would receive the promise of the spirit through faith. So this pattern and principle for specifically blessing your children began here in Genesis 48. God outlined how we should live with our children, how we should bless our children, how we should uh, uh, honor our children. Not with flattery, but with God's ordained specific blessing. I read a commentary that said that Ephraim and Manasseh were the first set of Jewish brothers who didn't fight. And God said, may you be like Ephraim and Manasseh. May you be like Ephraim and Manasseh. Tell your neighbor, may you be like Ephraim and Manasseh. Is Tommy still here? So I want to just share you quickly. Uh, some elements of the forgotten blessing so you can practice them at home. Firstly, the forgotten blessing, now remembered, should be a natural part of life. It should be easy. It should be ordinary, common. It should be familiar. The forgotten blessing remembered Okay, look at Genesis 48, 9. Joseph said to his father, they are my sons whom God has given me here. So he said, bring them to me, please, that I may bless them. Make sure that speaking blessing is a natural part of your lifestyle. Don't wait until you're dying to bless people. <laughs> Secondly, the forgotten blessing now remembered includes a warm, loving embrace. Look at Genesis 48:10. Now the eyes of Israel were dim for age so that he couldn't see. And he brought them near unto him and he kissed them and embraced them. He embraced them. I'm amazed at how many people try to maneuver out of the element of embracing by saying, it's not my personality. I'm just not that type. It's not really my thing. But the warm embrace is an element of blessing that is biblical, natural, and necessary. Remember the parable of the prodigal son? Jesus said the first thing that the father did when the young man came to his senses and returned home was to embrace him. And he arose in, in Luke 15, 20, the Bible says he arose and came to his father, but when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion, ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. Fell on his neck actually speaks of a warm and tender embrace. And thirdly, the forgotten blessing now remembered requires a laying on of hands. Genesis 48, 14. 
But Israel stretched out his right hand and laid it on the head of Ephraim, who was the younger, and his left hand on Manasseh's head, crossing his hands, although Manasseh was the firstborn. See? Laying on of hands. Lay on of hands. See? Highlight. Laying on of hands. It requires, as you speak, you lay on of hands. <laughs> Not this kind. I'm going to lay my hand on your face here. No. So I'm surprised, again, how many parents don't touch their children. It's an ordained, it, 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 if you look in the scriptures, again, do your own research, you can find that it says, laying on of hands used to ordain and commission ministry, used for healing, imparting spiritual gifts. Anyway, I'd like to take you down the scriptures, but you can take those down yourself and look. But fourthly, the forgotten blessing now remembered includes sharing your spiritual heritage. In Genesis 48, 15 through 16, he blessed Joseph and said, the God before whom my fathers serve, my, the God before whom my fathers Abraham and Isaac walked, the God who has been my shepherd and my life to this day. <laughs> He's talking about Abraham and Isaac. He's talking about his father and his grandfather. Jacob wanted to make sure that his family knew about his relationship with God and how his own personal faith had developed during his lifetime. The angel in verse 18, 16 says, The angel who has redeemed me from all evil, bless the lads, and may my name live on in them, and the names of my fathers, Abraham and Isaac, and may they grow into a multitude in the midst of the earth. He was very clear to talk about where he came from, where he was going, what God did, who God did it with, and what they were a part of. This is God's choosing. This is God's way. It's not your way. You can't pick and choose your relatives. You can't pick and choose, especially the godly ones that you will take hold of, no matter which generation you are of. You are responsible for the next generation in blessing. And they are responsible for taking what you have. One of the grandsons of the man I spoke about, one of the grandchildren, really pursued to find out what was happening with the grandfather and took it as his own. So it is important you share your journey, whether you are the first generation or the third generation. Your personal testimony establishes your credibility in giving the blessing. Fifthly, the forgotten blessing now remembered includes words of increase and expansion. Look at Genesis 48, 16. It says, The angel who has redeemed me from all evil, bless the lads, and may my name live on in them, and the name of my fathers, Abraham and Isaac, and may they grow into a multitude in the midst of the earth. Grow into a multitude in the midst of the earth. Grow into a multitude. Now, Genesis 1, uh, no, a blessing would not be a blessing without the mention of expansion, fruitfulness, and multiplication. And let me tell you something. Pastor Tom is always speaking multiplication, vision, expansion, fruitfulness. He, he, that is in him. And we can be partakers of that grace. Grace. 
as, our, as spiritual children of our Father here. Again, the scriptures, uh, you can take the scriptures down and research the words of expansion that David mentioned. David was always mentioning. And in Genesis 1.22, it says, God blessed them, saying, be fruitful and multiply. Be fruitful and multiply. Be fruitful and multiply. It is God's plan. Be fruitful and multiply. Come on, do greater works than I have done. But it's not for you. It's about you. I mean, it's up to you. <laughs> it's not about you. It's up to you. <laughs> Look at your neighbor. It's not about you. It's up to you. Hey. Genesis 26, 4 says, I will multiply your descendants as the stars of the heaven. And I will give your descendants all these lands, and by your descendants all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. You see, multiply and blessing go hand in hand. If you're going to be seeing the words multiply, fruitful, blessed, connected all the time, laying on of hands, embrace, words spoken. And even David said in Psalm 115, the Lord shall increase you more and more, you and your children. The forgotten blessing now remembered requires the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Remember in Genesis 48, 17, Joseph contested the crossing hands of his father. Uh, Genesis 48, you can look at there right now. No, and, 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 and his father said, I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing. He was led by the Holy Spirit to do something. The forgotten blessing now remembered also requires speaking. It's not about thinking, wishing or hoping or, or having, having the domestic speak over them. It's about you speaking. Remember God created the world with his words. Genesis 48, 20. He blessed them that day. Look at verse 20. He blessed them that day by saying, saying, see highlight saying, he blessed them by saying, by you Israel will pronounce blessing, saying, may God make you like Ephraim and Manasseh, saying, saying, how many people do you see in our culture who just go, Speak. 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 Let's speak blessing. Speak life. Speak encouragement. Speak honor. Speak the word of God. You can't speak the word of God if you don't know it. The word has to be hidden in your heart. And then the forgotten blessing now remembered requires bold faith. Bold faith. Hebrews eleven twenty one makes it clear that the forgotten blessing will only be effective when spoken by faith. By faith, Jacob blessed his grandson. Hebrews eleven twenty by faith, Jacob blessed his grandson. By the power of faith filled words, 
blessing you can speak into another person's life and proclaim that you and I, by faith, Jacob was proclaiming that you and I and latter partakers of the blessing of Abraham through Christ would be free from the pain of our past and become fruitful in our future. Would become fruitful in our future. Would become fruitful in our future. How many of you have things in your past you want to get rid of? Things in your past that you don't want holding you down. Things in your past that you don't want to remember. You want to be like Ephraim and Manasseh. You want your fruitful days to be ahead of you. In spite of what the government or the economy or the weather says, we still can operate in faith and by blessing and by speaking life. Hallelujah. Would you stand with me, please? Now in everything that I've said today, in everything that I've said, are there any fathers here who believe that you would like to make a change in your blessing of your children? If so, come, come to the front and let us begin a new day the forgotten blessing, now remembered. It's remembered now. We will remember it. We will remember it. We will remember from today. You wanna change what you say. Change. You wanna change what you say. You wanna be a father that speaks words of blessing, words of life over your children. Oh God, thank you. Hallelujah. 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 It's a new day. It's going to change everything. It's going to change our future. It's going to change our our family. It's going to change the temperature. It's going to change the atmosphere. It's, it's going to change everything. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. So you're all fathers here? Praise the Lord. Come closer, come closer. Hallelujah, this truly is a new day. I want you to repeat after me. Father, I choose to remember the forgotten blessing that you ordained from the beginning of time, from the creation of man. I pray that it will be a part of my natural life. I pray that I will do and model loving embrace, warm and loving hugs to my family. I pray that I will remember the forgotten blessing 
which requires a laying on of hands. I pray that I will remember the forgotten blessing and I will share my spiritual heritage. I will share the Word of God. I will share your love and your awesomeness to my children. I will look in their eyes and I will declare that you are God. I thank you that I will remember the forgotten blessing and I will speak words of increase and expansion to my children, words of fruitfulness and multiplication to my children because I know and that is the blessing. Father, I pray that I will be guided by the Holy Spirit. I will be guided by your Spirit. I will, I will prosper in the Word. I will hunger after your Word. I will be diligent in your Word so I know what you want from me. I know what you expect because I know your Word. Father, right now I pray for a hunger of Word that these men will imbibe the Word and be men, good stewards of your Word. They will read and meditate on your word and know what it means. They will meditate on your word and know that this is your heart. They will understand it and be able to impart it to your children. They will be able to impart it to your children and your children's children. They will know the reality, the Hebrew, the Greek, where it came from, the Torah. They will understand it. They will understand it. They will understand it. Oh God, give them wisdom. Give them wisdom. Divine wisdom. Hallelujah. And Father, I repeat after me, I pray that I will remember the forgotten blessing. I will speak. I will speak your word. I know that men do not have as many words as a woman, but give me words to speak to my children, to my wife. And I pray now that the forgotten blessing will be remembered and I receive bold faith by faith I will declare, by faith I will speak, by faith I will know, by faith I will read, by faith I will imbibe, by faith I will impart, by faith I will be the man of God you want me to be. Just receive, just receive, just receive. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The blessing of the Lord makes one rich and adds no sorrow. I see. I see pain stripped away. 
I see pain leaving and a confidence rising. to be gentle, to be tender, to be embracing. <clears throat> Hallelujah. And I want you, men, to go home. Take your children by the hand or by the shoulder and look them in the eye. Say, you are a blessing. God has given me a blessing in you. And hug them. Hey, let's go. you're a big boy can you come here dad wants to talk to you now listen you are going to be an amazing man of God you will receive the spiritual heritage that we have and you are so blessed to be in celebration church that knows the word of God and has a man of God you are so blessed because I see gifting in you I'm so honored that you're my son I'm so honored that you're my daughter you're beautiful, but inside and out. Some of you find it so hard to be intimate. Hey, boy. Go clean up your room. Come, let's go watch a movie. You think that's being a man? Tough? What do they teach you in MIM? I don't know. No. <laughs> but today, and most of you weren't fathered. How many of you were really fathered well? How many of you were not? How many of you struggled with father? A father who didn't do that to you? How many of you really did not have the blessing of a father? Raise your hand if you didn't have a blessing of a father. Now, we can do two more things. You're going to be blessed so that you can be a blessing. He knows your heart. He knows your name. No matter what you've been through, He loves you still the same. He's seen it all. <laughs> You're not alone. You've been rejected and discouraged, but the Lord calls you His own. His eye is still upon you. His hand is outstretched to 
deliver you from sin and all its pain. Thanks for listening. For more teachings and videos, visit celebrationmen.org.